Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. Today, we are talking about an equation to help you determine if your content is working for you. But before we dive into that, I want to point something out. We are about to head into my fourth week of podcasting. That means I'm just about to wrap up month one of podcasting. And oh my God, this has been a dream come true. I cannot describe how much I love this and how much I have been wanting to do this for a very long time. So if you have been listening to us the past four weeks, or if you're brand new, can I just say welcome and thank you so much. Um, If you have listened to a few episodes, I hope you love it. I hope you love hanging out with me here and with my guests, and I hope you love having these unfiltered conversations about marketing. And if you do, it would mean the world to me if you gave us a five-star rating and review today. I have recently learned how important those are to the longevity of a podcast. I always feel super awkward asking for anything, but especially something like a five-star rating and review. sounds so strange to ask for that. But if you love what we are creating for you here, I really hope that you do that for us so that we can make sure that we can keep doing this and that this podcast can last for a really, really long time because A, I'm loving it. And B, because I hope it's answering some of your crazy marketing questions that just don't feel like are they're really getting real answers on the internet. Speaking of that, we have one of those today. And if you're someone who finds yourself saying, mm, why the fuck am I not getting good engagement? I really think this is going to be useful to you because I'm going to give you a tool to help you check in with how your content is performing for you so you can stop spiraling. So here's the question. I have a 1,000 followers and I can't get more than 50 likes on a post. It feels really disheartening. And I struggle with being consistent because I think I should be getting way more than that. All right. So like I mentioned, I'm going to walk you through an equation today to help you determine where you stand on the spectrum of what's... Dun-dun-dun. Realistic. But first... I've got to tell you a story about the time I couldn't fit into my summer wardrobe. And yes, I promise this is relevant. So it was May. I was arriving in Barbados with my summer clothes, which I hadn't worn for a year because I lived in New York and spring, fall, winter, definitely too cold for a bikini, for shorts, for flip flops, for any of those, that type of attire that I enjoy wearing most. So I had also just gone through a six month health journey where I was working out every single day in a boxing gym. I was super toned. I had like a four-ish pack. I was feeling damn good. Probably the best shape of my life. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I had worked my butt off. I'm talking about 5 a.m. classes, sometimes worked out twice a day. I'm not saying I recommend that necessarily. But the point is, I definitely worked my butt off. So in getting ready to come to Barbados, I'm not going to lie. I did that whole rent the runway thing. And I got a bunch of super fun outfits that I knew would fit me because A... They were in my size and B, I mean, I just gone through this mega health journey. So duh, it wouldn't just fit me. They'd look incredible on me. Guess what? I pulled out a pair of shorts, a really cute pair of shorts. These are not shorts from Run the Runway. These are shorts that I had had that I had owned for years. And I couldn't wait 
to put them on because I knew they were going to look epic on me, especially with my four-ish pack and, you know, my toned legs. I couldn't fit them over my butt. WTF. That was not supposed to freaking happen. If anything, I should be swimming in these shorts. But nope, the clothes that fit fine last year did not fit over my butt. Even after six months of going to the gym every day at 5 a.m., I cannot describe the fury that came, that washed over me. I was pissed. But it was more it was more than that. It was emotional. There was confusion and disappointment that I had never experienced before. I was bawling, like ugly crying, not only because I don't know, I had had this expectation in my head. I was I was excited about how I looked. I was excited about how I felt. And I was on vacation and I was ready after like a year of trying to build my business, being stuck behind a computer, really hadn't, you know, dressed up or gone anywhere in forever. I was excited to to look and feel good and be in this new country and wear these cute little outfits and call me superficial, whatever. I was sad. I was bawling my eyes out. So my patient husband, who of course was not in the room as this is happening, he was probably in the bathroom or whatever. He comes running in, think, probably thinking this was way more serious than what, what it was. And he's like, oh my God, what happened while I was in the bathroom? <laughs> and I just, and I'm just like, can barely get words out. But I explained to him that I can't get my shorts over my butt and I don't understand and I have no clothes to wear. And I'm just like bawling my eyes out. And my husband just comes over to me and he gives me a really big hug as I just bawl into his shoulder. And then again, I don't know for anyone who doesn't know, my husband's a Peloton instructor. So he's a fitness professional. I mean, he knows about bodies and physique and all and muscle and all these things. I don't know these things. And my husband calls me down and he's like, Sophia, when you add muscle, sometimes you grow out of your clothes because you can no longer squish your butt into anything and everything. I'm paraphrasing. Um, anyway, it put me in a huge mood. I felt really sad. And I think for like most of all, I think I felt embarrassed because what the vision of myself in my head went from feeling really confident and great about myself to feeling almost like embarrassed about what I looked like. Like, oh my gosh, what I'm seeing in the mirror is not actually my reality. So what is my reality? Like, what are people thinking about me? Like, have I this whole time been at the gym, like working my butt off and people are just being like, damn, that girl does not look good. Like, I was just all of these stories were were coming to me in my head. And again, this is all very superficial. But for someone who has been at, at this point in her life was trying so hard to be at a certain fitness level, and then suddenly when all these stories about yourself questioning about who you are and what you look like, it can be very startling and and just a disappointment um, because your your expectations are not being met and it can just feel painful, you know, especially when you're expecting something positive and exciting. So anyway, my patient husband decided for the rest of the vacation, I wasn't aware this was his plan, but he took a bunch of pictures of me just walking around in, in my bikini and whatever. And the reason was, was because he wanted to show me what I looked like. He wanted to be like, Sophia, yes, you do look as amazing as you feel. In fact, you probably look even more amazing than you feel. The difference is it's just about how your clothes fit. 
but your size doesn't matter. It's about how you feel, right? So he kept trying to tell me this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not real, <laughs> right? And I was just like brushing him off. And I was like, no, it's about the size. Like, I was just very stuck in a mindset, right? So again, this whole time, I'm like hiding my body. I'm feeling embarrassed. I'm just feeling so ashamed of myself. And long story short, we had a great vacation. And even though I was in such a mood for about the body stuff, I was able to let it go and I was able to enjoy myself. So fast forward a few years later, now I'm in London and I'm randomly looking some, for some photos on my phone and I stumble upon our Barbados pictures. And there's a whole bunch of these pictures that my lovely husband took of me to help me feel better about myself, which subsequently resulted <laughs> in me crying about what I look like because I was just so wrapped up in my mood and my feelings, right? So I find these pictures on my old phone. I could not believe my eyes. I looked damn good. I mean, these are the pics that made me cry. I swear to you, this body is not the body that I saw. All because I couldn't get my shorts over my butt. My brain started to convince myself that I needed to be embarrassed of what I looked like. I could have been Jillian freaking Michaels. And I still would have seen something completely different because I was stuck in a loop of negativity. And it was just breeding more negativity. Now, the reason I share this with you is because this is the crap we do every single day. We assume we look bad. So we hide our body under sweaters and loose dresses, even though it's all in our head. We assume our social media content sucks because blah, 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 blah isn't happening. So we avoid posting, but it's all in our head. We never take action on that big business idea because we assume we're not as good as so-and-so out there, but it's all in our head. We let these crazy beliefs and assumptions about who we are and what we look like and how good we are contaminate our minds and give us reasons to do nothing, but it's all in our head. It is all in our head. Now, to be clear, not everything has data to support a belief or to poke holes in a belief but your engagement does. So with that said, let's go back to the point. How much engagement should you be expecting so that you're not spinning into some kind of a spiral because you think you're not getting the engagement you should be getting? Okay. So first of all, to answer this question, let me share uh, an equation that you can calculate. I want you to add up the likes and comments of the last six posts and divide that by six so you can get an average engagement rate. Then take that figure and divide it by the number of followers you have. Okay, so let's say the average engagement rate on my last six posts was 35. And again, I did that by adding up the likes and comments for each of the six posts and dividing it by six to get an average. That was 35. Now I have a thousand followers, let's say. So I'm going to divide 35 by 1000 and I'm going to get 0.035. I'm then going to multiply that by 100 and get a percentage. For me, that is 3.5%. Cool. Now, here's how to read that. 1% is good average for business owners. 2% is very good average for business owners. 3% is high average for business owners. And 6% or higher is what influencers are going for, for sponsorships and the like. Now, just a reminder, we are not influencers. We are business owners. We are coaches, 
right? So we are not aiming for the 6%. If you want the 6%, great, but you're not getting 6%. It means nothing about you, okay? So let that go. I'm just giving you that so you have an idea of how actually low these rates are, right? So if you're getting between 1% and 3%, you are doing great. Maybe you went higher and you can work on that, but you certainly shouldn't be telling yourself that your engagement sucks. In fact, when people have this engagement rate, I usually advise that they move to the next stage of their social media plan, which is usually growth. I usually don't advise that someone actively try to grow if they're not getting 1% engagement rate because they haven't tapped into effective messaging yet. Okay. So with that said, there are a few exceptions to this that I just want to mention and be mindful of. If you have used sketchy growth tactics like the follow and follow strategy, and FYI, that's not a judgment when I say sketchy. I guess technically it is a judgment, but I don't mean that to be judgmental. A lot of people have, tr- have tried follow and follow strategy strategies. They actually used to be a pretty legit strategy because that was how people were getting discovered back in the day, but it got really contaminated and corrupt, in fact. And so it's not advised anymore. But if you used to do that, even when it was a good time to do it, um, you might have an inflated following. So this will not be an accurate engagement rate for you. Um, For someone else, if part of your following has come to you for reasons outside of your business, this also probably won't work for you. So for example, with me... I have a business, but my husband's also a public figure at Peloton. So a lot of pe- a lot of people come to me from him that are not actually business owners. So they're not really there to engage with my content. They're more just there, you know, because they have an interest in Bradley or, or maybe us together, but they're not there for my business. So again, I can't really use this calculation on myself because it's hard to know who of my following is a Peloton and who's not. Another thing to keep in mind is if you have more followers than 10,000, this engagement rate gets lower and lower and lower. It is harder and harder and harder to have a high engagement rate with more than 10,000 people. If you have more than 10,000 followers and you have a high like a 3% or higher engagement rate, holy crap, you're killing it. Give yourself a pat on the back. That's amazing. But if you don't and you're finding like, oh no, I have like 0.07, what's going on with that? It's probably because you have more followers. So it's going to be a lot harder for you to get a high engagement rate than someone who has less than 10,000 followers. And finally, just keep in mind, this is just a data point to give you a sense, but your engagement rate changes with every post you put out there. So I really wouldn't make any drastic changes based on this. It just can get you grounded in a place of, okay, I have some data here. What's my next move? Or do I really need to be freaking out about my engagement rate right now? Like clearly, I'm not doing as bad as I think I do. This is all in my head. Again, it helps you separate the data from the drama. But if you are landing between the 1% to 3% range, you need to stop obsessing over bad engagement. In fact, you need to move on. Because for you, if you're feeling like there's a problem, it's not engagement. It's not your content. All right, this is just how the platform works. Not everyone likes and comments. Not everyone sees your stuff. The real problem you're probably running up against is that you're not doing any growth work. So you're not getting in front of new audiences. Or you're not creating engagement with engagement systems. And that is a totally different thing. Now, we have a class inside of What the Heck to Post. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it basically walks you through 
questions and things to look at and engagement rates and retention rates to kind of calculate to really understand based off of data, what your next best move is. If you want to check that out, use code INSTA, I-N-S-T-A, to get your first month $20 off. So you can check out that training and all of our other trainings. But if not, if you're not there yet, and you're feeling like, oh, this makes so much sense. Great. I feel clear on what my next steps are because I see that my engagement's really great or my engagement's not that great which means my content might not be performing for me. So I've got some work to do there. If you feel clear on that, then great. I'm so glad that you have freed yourself from this limiting belief because your biggest problem on social media is probably not the strategy you're using. It's probably not your content. It's probably not your growth or your lack of growth. It is your unrealistic expectations. Get that reined in so that you can free your mindset of all of the crap and stories that aren't even true, and you can actually move on to something that is actually productive. Oh, I felt like I really had to say that, and I hope that you really hear that. I do not share this information because I want to make you feel bad or anything like that. It's the opposite. I want to free yourself from these beliefs that aren't even true. So again, like I say all the time, question the stories you're telling yourself. They're very likely not true. And when we can question them and see that it's very likely our ego telling us stories to protect ourselves from certain feelings that we don't want to feel, we can set ourselves free and start doing something productive on the platforms. All right, guys. So lovely having you here, truly. And I cannot wait for us to keep diving into topics like this that actually help us use these platforms for traction instead of total distraction. See you on the next one. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.